Would you open your Bibles with me again now for the preaching of the Word to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. We've been walking through this letter of the Apostle Paul to the Galatians for the last while, and we have slowed down here in this list of the fruit of the Spirit to meditate on the fruit individually, week by week, one by one. This morning we are on the fruit of patience, if you haven't picked up on that already. Galatians 5, and I'd like to begin uh, with verse 16, and I'd like to ask you to stand with me as I read, follow along, and when I'm done, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord, and uh, would you say with me, thanks be to God, in response. Galatians 5, beginning in verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger... Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things shall not, will not, inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. The old country singer Paul Overstreet wrote a song back in the late 80s called Seeing My Father in Me. The refrain goes like this, I'm seeing my father in me, I guess that's how it's meant to be, and I find I'm more and more like him each day, I notice I walk the way he walks, I notice I talk the way he talks, I'm starting to see my father in me. Well, that is how it's meant to be. That's what it means to be made in the image of God, the Father. That's what it means uh, to be recreated in the image of Christ. It's what it means uh, to be sanctified. That's what the spirit of fruit is, uh, the, the fruit of the Spirit is all about. It's all about seeing our Father in us. The fruit of the Spirit is the Spirit-empowered God-likeness in every believer. And today, as I said, we're focusing on the 
fruit of patience. Love, joy, peace, patience. Now, before we get into the, uh, the outlined portion of the sermon, I, uh, I want to ask a preliminary question as to what patience, what kind of patience, Paul is referring to here in this list of patience. And I, I want to ask that question because we use patience in different ways, and the Bible uses the word patience in different ways. The first way that the Bible talks about patience is in the sense of endurance, in the sense of steadfastness in the face of persecution or sufferings or trials. And the Greek word that's translated patience in our Bibles that refers to this steadfast endurance is a word that means to remain under, to stay under the trial faithfully. For example, in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 6, we read, If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. So that word, patiently endure, is the word that means to remain under. It's an endurance or steadfastness in the face of trials. James 1, that many of you are familiar with, uses this same word, count it all joy, you know, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith works patience, means endurance. The second way that the idea or the word patience is used in our Bibles is actually the translation of a different Greek word. Uh, this word means to put up with others, to be long-suffering toward others, to be slow to anger with other people. I, I think I would say if I were to differentiate to see clearly the difference between the first kind of patience and this kind of patience. The first kind of patience is, in, is uh, bearing under trials of various kinds. This kind of patience is bearing with people, putting up with people, being long-suffering with people. In Ephesians 4, for example, verses 1 and 2, Paul writes, I urge you to walk, this is the second use of Patience. I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. You see that? Bearing with one another in love. That's this kind of patience. And the Greek word that's used here uh, is, is a word that means long-suffering. It's actually macro. You recognize that word macro, big, long as opposed to micro, macrothumia, macro suffering. It means to suffer along with, or macro anger, to be, to restrain your anger a long time. And it's this word that's used in Galatians 5.22. So we're talking about, when, when, when Paul is referring to the fruit of the Spirit here, he's talking about specifically bearing long, putting up with one another. That doesn't mean that a fruit of the Spirit doesn't include bearing long with trials, but he's specifically talking here about putting up with one another. Timothy George, a, a commentator and preacher, 
said, uh, defines this word this way. It is the ability to put up with other people even when that is not an easy thing to do. You know what this is. Uh, another commentator, Longenecker, writes, patient, it's, this is patient endurance of wrong without anger or taking vengeance. We all struggle with anger. We all struggle with being impatient. Uh, some of us, some of you have uh, children who are whining unendingly and asking unending strings of questions. And you're struggling to be patient. Some of you are struggling with the incompetence of other drivers or cashiers in the checkout line or those uh, working the help desk for the phone company. I, uh, I called uh, our cell phone company this week because we wanted to change some things on our plan. And, and uh, I, was, I didn't call. I, ch- I was doing the chat, you know, like, you can respond when you want, and I'll respond when I want, and it all works. I can do other things. So I'm chatting with this help desk, uh, trying to change some of our service. And he, can't, and he was, uh, he f- sounded confident, but things weren't going the way that he said they were supposed to go. And the email didn't show up exactly the right way, and there wasn't a link that he said was supposed to be there. And we went back and forth for a little while, and finally he says, uh, he types to me, um, in order to uh, best help you, you should call this 800 number. So I'm agitated already by this point, and uh, so I called the 800 number, and it was three minutes after 9 p.m., and the help desk closed at 9 p.m. I said, Nancy, I'm preaching on patience this week. I think I understand what this is about. We all struggle with that, but more significantly, the kind of patience that is the fruit of the Spirit, it includes, it includes patience when all of those circumstances, but it mainly is talking about mis- the patience when mistreated and provoked by others. The kind of treatment that seems to demand anger and revenge. And we're called to grow in this. We should pursue growth in this kind of patience. That's why verse 25 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So, what I want to talk about this morning are are strategies for growth in in the Spirit-produced fruit of patience. Strategies for growth in the Spirit-produced fruit of patience. And the first strategy is this. Wonder at the patience of God toward you. Wonder at the patience of God toward you. Because we become like what we worship, what we wonder at. Uh, That's what Paul is saying in in another letter that he wrote, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. He says, we all with unveiled face, direct, with direct access, we all are beholding the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. As you behold, as we behold, as we wonder at the glory, the beauty, the majesty of the Lord, the patience of the Lord, we become transformed 
into the same image. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, the, a few verses later, he, he, Paul writes that God has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Where do we behold the glory, the beauty, the majesty of God with unveiled face most clearly in the face of Christ, particularly the face of Christ as he's dying on the cross. As we read about that in the scripture and wonder the marvel of what he has done for us. Jesus, Jesus said, I think it's in John's gospel, uh, uh, to his father, restore to me the glory that I had, and the Father said, I am and I will, and, he's, and, he's point, and he is anticipating most directly at the cross. That's where I'll do it. That's where I'll, I'll lift up your glory for all to see. And as we behold and wonder at the glory of God in the face of Christ, especially in his sacrificial, patient suffering on our behalf, we're transformed. We, we wonder at the patience of God as we worship. So if our, if our focus is on not being like mom and dad, or not being like my boss or this other person, and that's all my focus, oh, I just can't bear to endure the rough treatment of this person or that person, the impatience of that person, guess what? If, you're, if that's your vision, Constantly, I don't want to be like that person. You're going to become like that person because we become like what we behold. Let's behold Christ. The patience of God begins to be unfolded for us most clearly and talked about most clearly in Exodus chapter 34. After Moses prayed to God, show me your glory. God passes before him and says, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger. That's the word. It's the word translated patience in other places. When the, when the Greek uh, when the Greek translated the Hebrew for slow to anger, it used the same word that's in, in Galatians 5. It's macrothumia, patience. And the Hebrew word means slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. By the way, this, the Hebrew word for slow to anger or patience is the word long-nosed or long-nostrilled. Anger in Hebrew uh, is the word for nose or nostril because it has in view uh, that our nostrils flare when we're angry. You think of a bull out in the field. God is long-nosed, and what that means is that he is very slow. His fuse for anger is very long. It's very long before he gets enraged. He's very patient, slow to anger. And that, that verse, 
that statement of God in Exodus 34 is repeated multiple times throughout the Old Testament when the psalmist and others and the prophets write about God and His glory, they recite what God told Moses in Exodus chapter 34. One example, only one example is Jonah chapter 4. After, after Jonah is coughed up by the big fish on the shore and he goes to Nineveh and he preaches to Nineveh and God shows mercy to Nineveh, uh, Jonah says, I knew you were like this. And then he quotes Exodus 34. I knew you were a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He knew God's word. And that word of God led the Ninevites, that word of God, uh, that, that threat of God, 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed, that Jonah preached, led the Ninevites to repentance, and their repentance led to God's mercy, because that's the kind of God he is. That's why he sent Jonah with that message. The word of God threatening was intended by God to bring mercy, because his word brings repentance. Even God's threats are designed for reconciliation because that's the kind of God He is. Very graphically, Isaiah displays, uh, talks about God's patience in this way. In Isaiah, God says, I spread out my hands all day long to a rebellious people. All day long, like this, I stand. John Calvin says what he means is that God is, God is daily giving invitation to come, receive my mercy. Come, and I will have you. Paul quotes that verse from Isaiah 65 in Romans chapter 10, uh, verse 21. He, uh, he talks about God's patience toward people who weren't His. How he spreads his hands out to rebellious people all day long. Matthew Henry, the commentator, writes about that verse. He says, the patience, the patience of God toward provoking sinners is wonderful. He says, we may wonder at the mercy of God that his goodness is not overcome by man's badness. We may wonder at the wickedness of man that his badness is not overcome by God's goodness. And it is a matter of joy, he says, to think that God has sent the message of grace to so many millions by the widespread of his gospel. God today still stands with his hands towards sinners with a daily invitation, waiting patiently, and when I say wonder at the patience of God toward you, I mean that we should personalize this. We should not think of just God's patience toward the Israelites in the Old Testament or the Gentiles. We should think about and wonder at the patience of God toward us. And how, how long did you, how long do some of you still breathe God's air without thanking Him? Patient God. How often have you heard the gospel of mercy 
that Christ died for sinners and hath not repented with a broken heart. What mercy, what patience. How is it that he planted you in a country with the gospel freely available and in a home with believing parents and in a church that seeks to lift up Christ and his love Day after day, even now, how is it that he has put the Bible in your hands, a hymn book in your pews, and a preacher in front of you, and you still want to mull over whether he's worth it? What patience. How is it that he's withheld his judgment hour after hour, day after day, year after year, century after century, that this morning the floor itself hasn't opened up to swallow us and to bear us down into the fires of hell. And still, you will not turn from your pride. What patience. Or, as Paul says in Romans 2, do you presume upon the riches of his kindness, kindness and forbearance and patience? not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Why Why is he patient? Why was he patient with so many of us? Why is he patient with so many of you now? Not in order to say, you're okay, don't worry about it. But in order to say, I, my hands are still open to you. Come, I'll have you. It's, it's to reveal such a glorious insight into his nature that you would say, I want a God like that. A God who's patient and merciful, long-suffering. I look back at the first 23 years of my life squandered in pride and self-seeking pleasure and foolishness, and I, I can see many, many times when I could have died and entered into eternal misery without, without a shred of hope forever and ever and ever, and many more times when I should have died and entered into that misery, but God, because of the great love with which He loved me, even me, was patient. Protecting, preserving, prodding, gently moving me, moving me, gently to the point of repentance and faith for the first time and how patient he is with me still. Cry out to him. Are you there yet? Cry out to him. His hands, he'll receive you. Wonder at God's patience towards you. And then you'll be transformed bit by bit into his own image. The, the principle that I'm talking about here of being transformed by looking at God is the same, is the same principle uh, that Jesus uses when he talks about um, debtors those who owe a debt to God in Matthew chapter 18. You remember, uh, he tells a parable about a, a king who uh, uh, calls in his servant to give an account, and his servant owed 
this king, it says, 10,000 talents. Say, well, whatever that is. Well, a a talent is 20 years worth of income for a day laborer in that time. 20 years worth of income. One talent. How much did this servant owe? 10,000 talents. You know how many years that is? That's 20,000 years of wages. It's an unpayable debt, in other words. And the servant's plea with the king was what? Have patience with me, and I will repay everything. And the king, in his mercy, did what? Forgave him his debt. That's like God. That when we come to him for patience, he gives more than patience. He gives forgiveness. Well, then the servant, you know, who was forgiven so much, goes to another servant who owes him a little bit, a hundred denarii. A denarii is one day's worth of wages for a day labor, a hundred days worth of income. And this man who was forgiven so much chokes the servant. Pay me now what you owe. Have patience with me and I will repay all. Cast him into jail till the last cent should be repaid. Well, the, the friends of the guy who got cast into jail go to the king and say, guess what, king, this guy, you know, he's forgiven so much and what? And the king brings the servant back before him and says, I forgave you so much. And you wouldn't forgive him. And he cast him into the debtor's prison. God's patience toward us is meant like that king's patience. A patience that that doesn't just forgive 10,000 talents of debt, but infinite debt. Infinite debt. And what Jesus is saying is that's what you've received. And will you demand exaction? Will you demand so little from your brothers and sisters who owe you comparatively nothing? Will you demand so much? Will you demand not, will you not only not be patient with them, but not forgive them? But when we behold, when we wonder at the marvelous patience of our God, then it makes us more patient. And if it doesn't, we're not His. If it doesn't, as Jesus' parable, as Jesus goes on to say, you'll be cast into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Those who have been forgiven, forgive. Or they show they haven't been forgiven. Marvel, marvel at the patience of God towards you. Secondly, practice patience habitually. Practice patience habitually. Um, We are, though this is a fruit of the Spirit, 
This is the Spirit's work in us to produce patience in us as we look to Christ and His patience toward us. It's a Spirit-produced patience. Nevertheless, we are to work with the Spirit in His work. That's why Galatians 5.25 says, keep in step with the Spirit. The, Spirit's, the Spirit leaves footprints. Nine of them in these two verses. Love. Joy, peace, patience. And Paul says now, put your feet in the footsteps of the Spirit. Walk, walk in His footsteps. Put on, Colossians 3 says, like a new set of clothes. Put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. He has set His love upon you. He has chosen you and set His love upon you from the foundation of the world. As God's chosen ones, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, forgiving one another. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must Forgive. He's saying, put on Christ's identity. Put on, put on Christ's character. And when he says, clothe yourselves with this, put this on like a set of clothes, he doesn't mean put it on like Jacob put on the hairy skin so he would look like, feel like Esau to his dad. Those weren't his hairy arms. They didn't fit him. Oh, he was deceptive. And we... We sometimes, I think there are some who do put on the fruit of the Spirit like a disguise. Some of you here this morning put on patience like a disguise. That's not what Paul's saying. He's saying put it on like a new skin. It is new. It's uncomfortable at first. But it fits. It fits with the believer. It's natural. It's more natural and grows in its fitting for the believer. It's working with his work. Put it on. Now, I want to give you a caution here, okay? Um, next slide. I'm going to show you a chart here. Now, listen. This will only work for you who... Have an engineering mind, okay? The rest of you, just take a, take a nap. Come back to me in a minute. This is time, okay? This is your time as a Christian. Okay, next. Here is an arrow that represents the works of the flesh. The higher you go, the more works of the flesh they are. You start off, before you come to Christ, with a lot of works of the flesh. And that list is in... Chapter 5, also. Works of the flesh, big. But as you grow in Christ, the works of the flesh decrease. Notice the zigzag lines here, if you can see that. These decrease over time. And you're moving from, notice, trust in self under the law. You're moving from trust in self under the law to trust in Christ under grace, and as you do, the works of the flesh are diminishing. Next slide. Over here are the fruit of the Spirit. And what happens, next, as you grow in your faith in Christ under grace? You grow in the fruit of the Spirit. That's a simplistic 
diagram. I know it's more complicated than that, and you're never really rid of all works of the flesh until you see Christ, until you're with Him, and you never produce the fruit of the Spirit in its fullness until you're with Him. But this is, in general, how it goes. Now, here's the, here's the caution I want to give you. The tendency, as I'm talking about putting on patience, practicing patience habitually, the, the subtle tendency is to take the fruit of the, the fruit of the Spirit and turn it into law. And when you turn a fruit of the Spirit into a law that you're working hard to keep depending on yourself, guess what happens? The, the works of the flesh begin to rise and the fruit of the Spirit actually begin to decline. Now let me, let me tell you when that begins to happen. The, the, the caution is beware of turning fruit into root. Beware of turning fruit into root. And here's when you begin to notice that it's happening. First of all, you begin to compare yourselves with others. And you're condescending to those who are less patient than you are. Or you're critical to those who are more patient than you are. Now, they don't, they're just faking it. They don't really mean it. They are only like that because that's their ten- temperament. You know, I mean, look at their dad. Whatever, you know. Uh, and you begin to compare. Comparing is a comparing with one another as opposed to with Christ is an indication that you are beginning again to live under law depending on self. A second evidence that you're beginning to turn the fruit into the root, that is you're, be- you're, beginning, you're beginning to use your exercise of patience in order to gain the blessing of God and the blessing of the Spirit. Another way that you begin to recognize that is when you actually do begin to grow in bearing the deeds of the flesh. In other words, you become more jealous. There's more strife in your life. You're more There's more enmity, there's more anger, there's more rivalry, there's more dissensions, there's more divisions, there's more of all of these fruit of the flesh because you're depending on yourself when we turn the fruit into the root. And the third way that you know is that patience and the practice of patience becomes heavily burdensome and very unnatural, like a law that you can't keep. And the problem is that you're focusing more and more on your patience or lack of patience than you are on Jesus. We look at Jesus to become more like Jesus. We don't look at ourselves to become more like Jesus. Oh, I'm not patient. Oh, I'm not patient enough. I got, I got to work on this. I got to, oh, God, maybe God must be very, he's not going to bless me because I was just impatient. He's not going to use me. Probably, he probably doesn't love me. I better be patient tomorrow, and then I can pray. Then I can, then I can bring myself to him, and he'll, he'll receive me more easily because I did better. You see, and it becomes all about being better rather than emulating Christ and loving Jesus. You know, the way, the way you know when you're growing is, is when you love Jesus more. But you'll notice in that chart, it's, it's, a gradual, it's a gradual progression. It's not an off and on switch. 
And the more you're depending on self, the more the flesh is stimulated. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we are called, we are called to practice the fruit of the Spirit, to put it on like a new set of clothes. And remember this, that the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, or the, the spiritual fruit of patience, is not only a help to not getting irritated with incompetent drivers or cashiers or cell phone operators. It is that, but it's more than that. It strengthens your heart to deal with issues like persecution and opposition, and abuse, and hatred. The fruit of the Spirit is not only victory over irritability, but the fruit of the Spirit is forgiveness. The kind of forgiveness that's sought in prayer as you hang on a cross. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's real patience. Nevertheless, habitual practice of patience in the daily small stuff also enables you in the really big stuff. So practice it habitually. So, I'll close with this, okay? Number one, wonder at God's patience towards you. Number two, practice patience habitually and pray for it. By the way, I didn't say this. Let me say this now. Some of, some of you are in the habit of saying, never pray for patience because God will give it to you. Can I say to you, God's going to give it to you anyway? He's going to work it in you. But can I say to you, you grow in patience, you grow in patience when your attitude is one that wants to grow in patience. That's working with his work. Resistance is futile, but it's also ungodly, and it's harmful. So pray for patience. Pray. That God will give you patience. And uh, because you love him and you want to be like him. Now, I'm really going to close with this, okay? Remember, this is going to sound opposite of everything I've just said. Remember Christ's impatience. Remember his impatience. What do I mean by that? As we face opponents and we face injustice and we face the big, the big issues of opposition and persecution as well as the little issues of irritation, Jesus tells a parable to help us face these things with patience. And as he does, he, t- he tells the parable about the, the godless judge Remember, and this widow who has experienced injustice comes to this judge and says, help me, give me justice, I've been treated wrong, and the, and the judge didn't want to hear her. And he was, uh, you know, he was worn down and worn down and worn down by her constant asking. Finally, finally he says, well, she's worn me, worn me out, I better give her what she wants. Uh, so she'll shut up and go away, and, and he does. And, and God says, now, if an unrighteous judge responds to the persistent cries of a widow for justice, if an unrighteous judge 
does it? Will not God? Because he's not unjust. Because he's not unrighteous. Will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? And Jesus says, will he delay long? And it's the word for patience. Will he delay long over them? Will he be patient over them? Meaning, will he wait forever to answer their pleas of justice? And the answer is no. Jesus says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Why? Because Jesus is impatient to put things right. And he will deal justly with those we must bear patiently with now. And it, it feels like forever now. Why will he not come? Why is he so slow? In the midst of it, it feels like forever. But when he comes, I get the impression from Scripture and from these verses that we'll all say, like every parent says when their children are grown and gone, wow, that went fast. Where did the time go? How quickly he came. Because he is impatient to put things right. In other words, look back at the patience of Jesus for sinners as he's dying on the cross. But also look ahead at the impatience of Jesus who's coming again to put things right. He will give justice. He will make it right. Look back. Look ahead. And wait patiently. Let's pray. Oh God, we plead with you with some impatience for those who are here who do not know your patience at all. We pray that you would come quickly and save them. And we know that you are, uh, you are not slow as we count slowness but you are very patient not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance so even as we pray for your patience with those in our midst who who have not bowed the knee to you who have not turned in love to you who have not turned away from their self-seeking lifestyle to you even as we're impatient for their salvation, we thank you that you are patient with them. But, oh, God, come quickly. And, Father, give us, in, give us patience with one another as we wait for you. Give us this patience as brothers and sisters in Christ, with one another first, but with the world also. We ask this in Christ's name, the patient one. Amen.